is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources, and you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith and your host today. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and a great new year. You probably have children and teenagers back at school by now. It's been a long time after Christmas, hasn't it? Um, But I hope that's feeling good and you're back in some kind of a rhythm. We are back with a bang as well. This is our brand new season all about connecting with God in different ways. If you've been following Parenting for Faith for a while, you'll know that we really believe that one size does not fit all. Every family is unique, every child or teenager is unique. And we really want to equip you to surf the waves, to come alongside your children and young people and see how you can help them connect with God. So we are going to be exploring lots and lots of different ways to do that, starting today with looking at music, uh, maybe one of the more obvious ones. Um, But I would just encourage you, as you look at the titles of the episodes this season, not to write any off, not to say, "Uh, my kid's not a science kid, I'm not going to listen to that one, or they're not really into cooking, or they're not very sporty. Because we're really keen not to label kids, not to put them in boxes, but just to say, actually, pretty much all our children and young people will have opportunities to do these things at some point in their life. And it's kind of our role as parents and carers to think about how we can equip them to connect with God through it. Now, of course, some things they will like far more than others, some things they will engage with more and different things to different extents at different points in their life. Um, But I'd really encourage you to listen to all of them with an open mind and yeah, just see where that goes. Um, I also wanted to invite you to our pop-up small group next week. So on Tuesday, the 16th of January at 8pm, come along. You can watch on Facebook Live and we're going to be talking about chat and catch, which is just parenting for faith language for conversational prayer. How can we equip our children and young people to have a two-way conversation with God uh, that goes on throughout the day? Really foundational stuff, really game-changing if it's not something you've thought about before. It's like uh, having a walkie-talkie that's just been one way and then suddenly realising that you can switch the button and receive God's communication back. So, yeah, I would really encourage you to come along to that. You can just watch on your own or you can invite a few friends over to your living room or persuade them to stick it on a big screen at church. Um, But do pop that in your diary and we'd love to see you there. But I'm going to hand over now to Lucy and Samuel. I am here with Samuel Umachuku. Under the name of Called Out Music, Samuel is a British-Nigerian music producer, singer-songwriter and worship pastor. You guys have totally got to check out his music. It is absolutely amazing, reflecting his strong belief in Jesus by addressing issues people face with the good news of the gospel. Samuel is also an ambassador for Compassion UK and is passionate about seeing lives transformed by Christ inside and outside of the church. Samuel, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the Parenting of Faith podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Very well. It's uh, it's getting colder now. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's not my favourite time of the year, but it's all good. Are you a summer person? Uh, no, not actually. No, not actually. <laughs> I'm more of a, yeah, no, I'm more of a spring, you know, like the late March, 
Yeah. Early April, that yep. that that vibe is is more a bit of me. But summer gets too hot, winter gets too cold. So yeah, yeah but it's the UK. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of one season throughout the year. Which <laughs> yeah, on, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sammy, I'd love to hear about more about your music. You've been so busy recently. I know, um, releasing mm. and launching uh, your new EP, Radical, which is so cool. Yes. Um, tell me about your music because I listen mm-hmm. to it and I'm like, oh, it's R and B. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a bit of gospel. Oh, it's mm-hmm. pop. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's African. Oh, it's oh, it's yeah, a bit yeah, of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing there are so many different influences can you tell us just a bit more i mean do you try and categorize it How, who are the influences How who inspires you so great question um it's it's everything in it, anything really um inspiration doesn't have to be linear i think um especially doing christian music where a lot of people tend to say you can only be inspired by people who make that style of music but when i was growing up the the biggest artist in the world is Michael Jackson, right? Like it's, yeah. it's just what it is. Um, so you could not help but listen to him on the radio. Um, it was Backstreet Boys, it was NSYNC. Um, but obviously when I grew into my faith a lot more, there's an artist called Kirk Franklin, who's just an incredible like gospel legend. And then you have um, CC Winans as well, all the way to like when Hillsong started like in, well, in my country, Nigeria, because I grew up in Nigeria. Um, Hillsong was just everywhere, you know, from the early albums and the early classics um, uh, to Darling Check and all, all of them like doing amazing things. Um, so all of those influences kind of mold together to create what I have right now. And I was actually talking to my friend the other day and I've been loving Frank Sinatra recently. Amazing. Um, just just because it, some some artists are just timeless yes. and you can always go back and just be inspired. And I'm always, however, I'm very careful when it comes to like the content of music, I will say that. So I don't listen to things that have vulgar lyrics or things that have demeaning words or um, phrases. I'm very careful about what I'm taking in because even subconsciously you can you can feed those things into, into your mind. So I'm very careful about what I listen to in terms of the lyrics, but the musicality of it, because it's my profession, I believe that I can be inspired by a barrage of genres. Like it, it, it doesn't really matter. So, like you said, I want people to listen to cold out music and feel. Oh my gosh! Like there's so many moods that I'm being taken towards, and I'm obviously Nigerian, so Afrobeat is very, you know, prevailing in my music. Um, but at the same time, like I said, inspired. I'm actually working on like a jazz kind of record at the moment with a friend of mine that is just piano and vocals, kind of like Sinatra esque, and why not you know yeah. like the, the god we serve is a god of creativity you just need to look outside the window and just wow he created all of this you know so he he wasn't linear in his creativity so why should i and it's a great sound that you've produced merging all these different influences and i'm sure it will continue to develop as you say with, you. with this yeah. record and so on it's exciting and mm. i just want to pick up on something you said there about and um, how you're careful about what you listen to and that yes. really impresses me because it's something that we talk a lot about I think as Christians but realistically I think a lot of us struggle Mm. to kind of censor the content whether it's what we watch what we read what we listen to and especially thinking about our children and what they start to listen to um I'd love to know is that some is that decision you've kind of obviously in adulthood you've made that decision yourself Mm. was that something that your parents kind of um helped you sort of navigate the boundaries with as a as a young teenager or did they mm. let you listen to everything and kind of make your own decisions or how did that kind of play out as you were growing up absolutely my parents definitely had a role to play in that i think 
they had a, a, a very strict approach to it. Um, they, they very went, much went cold turkey with it. So they didn't even care what the content was. If it wasn't by an explicitly maybe or outwardly spoken Christian, they would be like, no, don't consume it. So I was only stuck with the, the animation on TBN uh, for cartoons most of the time, which if you remember, they weren't the most fun, but I mean, <laughs> that's what I was stuck with. Um, but obviously when I started growing older, maybe from like 10 to 12, my parents were a little bit more relaxed. Now it's more about, hey, we've taught you this. Now you go and make your own mind on what you think is right based on how you feel. You know, my parents were very big on allowing me to make those Christ-centered decisions based on what they had taught me, which is, which is really good because, you know, I didn't get it right all the time, but I think even in the moments where I was watching something that was a bit darker, because some of the cartoon tones, they're just quite dark. It's not like they're necessarily offensive. It's just, ooh, that's that's a bit dark for a, for a kid to be consuming. You know, there was a, a cartoon called Courage to Cowardly Dog or something. And it was just a lot, it was kind of horror, um, pretty much. And I would always feel, oh, mom and dad wouldn't really want me watching this. So I would switch it off or change the channel to sports or something. So I started to make those autonomous decisions myself from a very young age based on what my parents taught me. Yeah, that's really helpful. There's that brilliant verse, I'm going to totally misquote it now, uh, mm. where Paul talks about filling our minds with things that are pure and lovely yes. and honourable. Yes. And when you kind of read things in that context, you think, well, why why would I fill mm. my mind? Because there's so much darkness in the world anyway. There's so mm. much suffering that we encounter on mm -hmm. a daily basis through ourselves or our friends or family. Mm -hmm. Why would we add to that by filling our minds with Absolutely. things that are, are dark and I think it's helpful for you to say that as well to parents because um as a parent myself I know that I'm often um persuaded <laughs> by my children you know to watch a certain <laughs> thing often it's easier to let them watch than have a fight about why yeah, they can't watch I it um, but I love that you say that your parents took a firm stance but then they allowed you to make your own decisions Absolutely. We're wanting to raise disciples, you know, a big part of parenting for faith is really nurturing our children's relationship with God, mm. not not mm -hmm. being the middleman that comes between mm -hmm. them and God. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But empowering them in faith. And that's what your parents did. And mm. um, I think you came to faith at age 10. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So obviously raised in a Christian home, made your mm -hmm. own decision at the age of 10, which is also the age, I think you said, when you were starting to make these decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, did you start showing an interest in music around that stage? Was it earlier or was it later? And mm. when you did, how did your faith and your interest in music sit alongside each other? When I came to faith back 10, it was when I had made a conscious decision to follow um, the faith. Um, I was still very young then. I think there's been two pivotal moments. When I was 10, I kind of started to ask my parents, hey, like, what is this thing? Like, you know, because they were both pastors. Um, they are both pastors. And I'll just be getting dragged on to in conferences, you know, summer camps with a bunch of pastors. Kids are like, who are you guys? And why are you all here? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then all the Bible stories and all that stuff. But when I was 10, I think it started to have a, a, a foundational sort of bed in my heart. And I started to be interested in it. You know, my, you know, I didn't switch off when my dad would you know, talk about certain things anymore. Um, and I was actually interested in, you know, watching, you know, sermons with my dad, you know, because like Saturday nights before Sundays, before they preached, they would like have TBN on 
and you have a host of pastors teaching. And I would be like, oh, from time to time, I'll like, okay, I don't, don't really get what they're saying, but it's it's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah. At 10, I made that decision myself and I still didn't really understand what I was doing, but I knew there was something that was forming and formulating in my heart. It was a decision because I didn't always enjoy it, but I had decided that, okay, this was something I was gonna do. And I started playing the keys when I was seven years old and I was playing in church for about three years before I decided to go, okay, now I'm playing this at church because I want to do it, not just because I have to be here every Sunday anyway, so I might as well do it. Um, and it was beautiful because in that sort of world building process as a 10 year old child, your friendships are becoming more solid. Yes. Um, you're building bigger bonds in school. Um, your identity at school is being questioned in terms of, okay, who are you gonna be? Are you gonna be the kid that disrupts? Are you gonna be the kid that, you know, listens and obeys? Are you gonna be the kid that is loving towards everyone? Like, you know, I was always um, quite shy as a kid, but I noticed that from making that decision, I was just a bit more confident in who I was. Um, and my parents' voice started to match up with what they would teach me at Sunday school. Uh, at church. So at Sunday school, you'd go in and you'd hear you're loved, you're chosen, you know, Jesus has a plan for your life. And slowly but surely, I would go into school, but a bit more confident in myself. Um, so say things like bullying, which is obviously, you know, it's really dear to my heart because I, I, I just dislike bullying so much. But it started to have less of an effect on me because when people called me names, I was like, well, it's obviously not true. You know, it, it's such an innocent way of looking at it. But I was like, oh, I'm clearly not who you say I am, like kind of thing. And um, so my faith and my music started to have this um, this beautiful connection because I realized that a lot of the things that I believed in is tied to the things I wanted to talk about or yeah. write about. And it felt um, fake when I was trying to write about other things. Okay. So I felt that being my authentic self was writing about the things that I do really believe in which is Christ and his love. And when I grew up at 16 or 15, we moved, at 12 we moved to the UK. At 16, I started taking music a lot more seriously. And I just said to you know my manager now that, look, if I'm gonna make music, it's gonna be harder, but I wanna make Christian music because this has formed my worldview for so many years. And there's so much depth and so much stories that I have to tell. And yes, so I, I thank my parents for that, for that world building. And I think it was so, if you ask my mom if it was effective when I was young, she probably would say no because she couldn't tell if it was effective, but it yeah. really was. Even if I wasn't showing the signs that I was really taking everything she said in. But if not for that, I probably wouldn't be doing Christian music right now. I think that's um, the case, isn't it? That we do these things with our children. We we nurture their faith in the ways that we can. You know, we, mm. we, take, we lead them to the Bible. We take them to church. We pray with them. We encourage them to develop their own relationship with God. And often you can't see for many years the impact of what you're doing. But your story is such an encouragement to the parents listening to this and carers listening to this to keep going, to keep inputting, to keep oh, planting yeah, those seeds because it all it all comes out in the end. Absolutely. You wrote such a lovely Instagram post recently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know which one I'm referring to. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> you haven't deleted it, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw that. I want to just share with people. They can, they can find it themselves. Uh, so yeah, yeah. called out music on Instagram. You can go and find it. Um, but it's about your dad and the influence he has had on you in terms of faith. And mm. I just thought it was such a beautiful picture of that father-son 
uh, relationship Absolutely. and mm-hmm. a discipleship. Obviously, it doesn't have to be a, a dad, a, a mum, or yes, whoever yes, we've got, yes. but that important um, role of a parent in discipling. Can you share with us some of the ways that your dad um, has encouraged you to, to use your music to worship God along the years? Yeah, so I, it all it started with, um, like I said, the world building in terms of see, he always encouraged me to see God in everything and everything that happened to us at the time. We went through extreme periods of wealth, you know, extreme periods of difficulties, as, as most families do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father, I always remember him having a, a linear approach to, well, there's God in this. There's God in the good. There's God in the bad. Mm-hmm. There's God in the in-between. And I always was quite stomped with how faith-filled he was. Um, you know, he would say stuff like, it is well. And I'm like, what do you mean? We don't have anything. It's clearly not. Um, but I, I, growing up, I'm now understanding how faith-filled he was. And as a child, I saw that. I saw that. And it, he was one of the major reasons I decided to, you know, follow this. Because if dad's doing it, it must be, it must be all right. It must be good. If dad's doing it, if mom's doing it, then you know, they must be doing the right things because they were the symbol of hope that I, that I had as a child. And um, growing up and entering my teenage years, you know, me and my dad having our, our difficult seasons as well. You know, as a young boy, you, 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 you always feel like you know, <laughs> like absolutely everything and nobody can tell you anything. Yep, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm a teenage boy too. <laughs> absolutely. Honestly, I, I have to re- just say thank you to all the parents listening right now. I don't know <laughs> how you would have looked at us just going, you don't know anything about anything, but we generally we generally think we do. Um, I thought I did and my dad was always very patient and very, you know, reminiscent of the love of Christ, actually, always just there as a listening ear. And um, when I started making music, he always used to tell me, remember who you are, remember the son of whom you are, um, just remember your identity and let that lead. If Sam, you know, my dad is the kind of person that if I had come to tell him, look, I don't really believe in this thing, he would be like, well, well, don't fake it, you know, like be yourself. But he would always encourage me to go, well, there is God in everything. There is God in the fact that I went to University of Kent to study finance. Um, it wasn't the best time emotionally and psychologically because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to do music. Mm. Um, so he was just saying, look, there's God in everything. There's God in everything. And I was like, why do you keep saying there's God in everything? And then it turns out making Christian music to a, a huge Christian union society w- was going to be the deciding the factor in my music blowing up because the the society was so big that when we graduated everyone went to went back to their different corners in the UK and then I started touring the UK because there were seeds sown from a very large Christian union in Kent yeah and now I'm going oh there is God in everything Mm. um it's it's crazy how the place I didn't want to be at the most was the very birthplace of the seeds that were sown and then called out music and then it was a UK tour and then it was a Europe tour and then it was a world and it's just like, God, wow. So from my dad's words, he's been such a, a huge um, stream of encouragement all through my faith journey, all through my life journey. Um, and now our relationship has developed into like a, a, a friendship mm. um, as opposed to just like a father son relationship. And it's beautiful. I love how you say that your dad showed you to see God in everything. Mm. Because I think that one of the issues sometimes that people can have as they 
go from a Christian upbringing into mm. adulthood is that life has been too good in a way. They've been blessed uh, or, or rather they've been shielded actually, from yeah. the suffering or, or hard times as a child and as a teen. Mm. And actually then when they hit those things in adulthood, mm. it's harder to see God in it because God for them has always been associated mm. with the good. And yes. as parents, we want to shield our children from the bads. Like that is a natural mm. kind of instinct. And yet actually mm. one thing we talk about quite a lot of parenting faith is sort of how can we nurture our children's faith through hard wow. times, wow. whether that's, you know, through divorce, through bullying, through mm. times of financial hardship, whatever it is, we mm. we believe that God is there. And it's not it's not the question, is God there? It's where is he? What is he doing in this mm. season? So that's so mm. wonderful that you share that testimony mm. from your dad. And um, that's great. And mm. one of your songs, I think it's Perfect Love, has this brilliant line that really stuck out to me when I heard it. I don't need to perform, but respond with the way I live. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me too, because I grew up with music as well. Like, and I, I went off and did a music degree. Not that I'm doing anything with music now, but <laughs> the opposite to you. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, growing up, it was all about performance. You know, the music yes. exams, the music competitions, the performances, the concerts, the gigs, eventually when I got into that. And then obviously if we move into worship leading, mm. which is not, it's not a given, just because you're music yeah. and a Christian doesn't mean you're necessarily going to lead worship, but... It often happens, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it's not then about performance, it's about glorifying God. Absolutely. How can, you know, for the parents and carers listening, or for, for children and youth leaders for that matter, who have got these these kids who have this love of music, um, who they're wanting to kind of nurture into the worship scene, how can they kind of frame what worship is for these kids who are used to performing when it's something so mm. different? How can they frame it? I think it's it starts with the fundamental understanding that worship is everything. Um, it's it's it might sound crazy, but worship is this conversation right now. Yeah. Because it glorifies God, um, yeah. and because it's going to be used for His glory. Worship is in in the the very fabric of our our creation story. It's the reason why we're here is to kind of give back in in response and thank you to God to say. Thank you for creating me. Now here is my life, and then do you know? Let me help me to follow your will. Help me to love you um, better each day. So I think that fundamental um, I- idea sort of like builds the very framework of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess with the music, it's taking kids or young kids from a stage where it's super focused on their ability and more tune especially in the worship space and more tuned to their understanding yeah. um and yeah so I, I find oftentimes that some of the most incredible worship experiences i've had have been by worship leaders who aren't that great vocally yeah and that's nuts right because <laughs> whenever we think about for us who, who have been trained in this way about your performance is like the is the pinnacle of this thing in mm. worship is the it's the heart posture and I'm not saying that ability isn't necessary. Of course it is. Of course, do the levels that I think is the um, the training level one, level stage. I can't remember what it's called. The grades, yep. The grades, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, do you think I didn't do it? Clearly you can tell. But, um, <laughs> but do the grades um, ensure like the technique is right. Ensure if, if, 
if your child is a guitarist or a drummer, ensure they get the best lessons that they possibly can. Mm. Um, and there's also different ways that God can be glorified. God can also be glorified in a performance piece, mm. I find. You know, he can be glorified by going to watch your child do the piece at school. And um, he can be glorified in the technicalities of the, of the chords or in, in the riff of the guitars, um, as long as the understanding of what they're doing is there, it's worship. That's, yes. that's, that's what I find. So I, I, I go to watch some of my friends who just sing classical music and they're Christians. And sometimes maybe the song that they're performing isn't, you know, an outwardly, maybe because of the audience they have to perform to, it isn't always outwardly Christian, but they come away from those thinking, wow, I generally had a very beautiful encounter with Christ on that stage when I was singing that song, because the heart posture of what they're doing is tuned in the right way. Um, so training the heart posture and still giving the training, still giving the grades to the, to the level at which, you know, the kids can, can, can take and can handle. Um, I believe it's all worship. That's, that's what I'll say. Kind of turning it on its head a little bit. Um, there are also children who kind of feel a little bit um, self-conscious maybe of their voices. They mm. don't like to sing out. Um, can sometimes happen with, with boys as their voice changes. Uh, there are kids who don't necessarily identify as musicians. But of course, song worship mm-hmm. is so biblical and it's, it's so, a command. Yeah. So how do we how do we encourage our <laughs> children who don't think that they're singers or don't think they're musicians to enjoy singing and making music to God? Oh, wow. I would say right off the jump, God loves your voice mm-hmm. and God loves to hear you sing to him in worship. Um, God isn't too concerned. If you're on the right key, if you're the, on the most perfect pitch, he just wants to hear his child sing. Yeah. And I think that is huge encouragement for all of us because the one person that it matters the most to, the one person that we're singing about is the one who's least concerned about what it sounds like for example so he's he's going why are you self-conscious i'm enjoying this time with you mm. um so it's like almost getting out of our heads and i know that's a very difficult thing to do because in some worship for example you hear everyone sounding so beautifully and like, well i don't sound like that and um, there is a place for obvious like practice for example it depends on how interested um the child is for example they, there's a place for like okay if you really want to do this like we can do this together we can like, you know, take some classes if you want. But fundamentally, I just saying this right now to, to, to the kids, for example, I, I promise you, God loves to hear you sing. Like, so like, I know there's, there's a bit of fear and there's a bit of sometimes worry that comes or a bit of anxiety that comes with hearing yourself and you, you feeling that oh, it's not as good as you want it to be. I, for example, I'm, I, I, just, I just realized this. I was the person who never wanted to sing by the way, really? until I was 15 years old. Wow. The one person who pushed me to it was my manager now. And I always used to write songs and want to give it to people. Say, hey, can you sing this song? Because I love to make and produce music. And if you even go back and listen to my earlier stuff, horrible. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even just saying this right now. I can't believe that. You've got an amazing oh, voice. I can't believe no. that. <laughs> At, like the, the first stuff I was singing and putting out wasn't good enough. Like just vocally, I was so self-conscious mm. and I just learned to go, you know what, this is my offering and this is my way of expressing myself. Mm. Yes, there were moments where I sung and sung and sung in the studio over and over again, but the, the, the actual um, healing I would say from being so in my head 
And now being on the stage in front of thousands of people, and I was leading that spring harvest, you know, this year, and there was a couple of thousand people in the room mm. leading worship, knowing that I may not be the best vocally, but I am so excited that I even get this opportunity to do this. Yeah. Um, that I get an opportunity to sing to the God who created all of this. And that thought honestly gets me out of my own head. And I'm like, mm. you know what? It's fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah, that's that's the little bit I can say. Not even sure if that helps, but it's, yeah. It really does help. It's so helpful. And as a worship leader who also is very self-conscious of her voice, <laughs> <laughs> that helps me, <laughs> regardless of anyone else listening. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Samuel, tell us where we can find you online, where we can download your music. Yeah. Tell us all the places. Sure. It's uh, called Out Music uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Um, on YouTube is uh we the tribe t-r-i-i-b-e and also hfp music so we the tribe is just basically a a a, a place where it's connecting people who are you know every tribe every nation and just giving content and that people can live with you know uh we've got a podcast as well called tribe podcast as well so there's loads of things and content for uh people who want to just take this walk seriously and you just love God and see God and everything. So we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, if you want to hear some of the songs. Please don't go too far to the earlier stuff. Um, <laughs> let's just keep it within, you know, post-2020. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm there, you can find me. That's amazing. Thank you. We will link all those in the show notes. So if you're listening and uh, want to check out Samuel's music, then um, head to Called Out Music, head to our show notes. We'll have all the links there. Samuel, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so Thank much you. for everything you've shared. Humble. Thanks for having me. Hope to be back soon. We like to end our podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. Today's question is, if Jesus were in a band, what would they be called? And what kind of music would they play? Have a great conversation. If you haven't already, I'd really love to encourage you to join our mailing list. I know, I know, who wants another email in their inbox? But we don't spam you. We don't send lots and lots of things. We just send you really the main highlights of things that are going to be really useful to you. The vast majority of our resources that we produce, we do so for free. And there's all kinds of training events, courses, opportunities coming up that I really think you're going to want to hear about. Um, and if you're not on that mailing list, then you won't you won't get the message. It won't get through. Uh, so just click the link in the show notes um, or go onto our website and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. Stick your email in. And uh, yeah, I really hope that you'll find that valuable and, uh, and useful. Have a great week. We're going to be back next week talking to Elizabeth Cole about connecting with God through science. Bye.